0: Welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. So it was Sunday afternoon, and I was lying in the middle of the floor in my living room in this patch of sun that comes through the light, which is a life hack that I got from my cat. And Really, I was lying there because my bedding was all in the washer, because we would just gotten home from trip to Florida, and we had a friend staying here to watch said kitten. And so I couldn't lay in my bed, and I was just exhausted. And I kept saying to Jeremy, to myself, to Freddie, why am I so tired? How am I so tired? And the answer is something that I know, but I forget often. and. I think it's good when we forget things like this because it means that our brain is occupied with other things. I am busy being happy and satisfied. And so I'm not always thinking about what is wrong. If your brain is always thinking about what's wrong, you are depressed. You are highly anxious. We've been in those seasons where it feels like you were just thinking about something nonstop. So when you forget that things are hard, It actually is a moment to give gratitude and say, okay, good. This isn't happening all the time, but oh, right. I actually do know this. My brain has forgotten it, but my body hasn't. My body is feeling exhausted. And even though my brain is saying I, quote, should feel fine because I just got back from a trip being down in Florida for a few days, still working remotely, but a little bit more in vacation mode, taking one day extra off. Um, So I could say I should feel more rested. And if I look back logically, did I get enough sleep? Did I get sunshine? Did I move? All those things. It seems like, yeah, I should be feeling better. But the should is your brain telling you, if I add these things up on the Excel spreadsheet of my life, I would be feeling less exhausted. And yet your body knows the truth, which is It is not just, did you get enough sleep? Did you get enough sunshine? There are other factors here and they have been adding up for quite a while. And in my case, it is the reality that I am in the middle of so many stories. I am in the middle of so many stories. And I realized this weekend that I am not alone in this because I asked on stories and I think 94% of us said, that we feel like we're in a season of waiting on something waiting for something waiting to be through something waiting for something to start or to stop and in my case the some of the stories are years long and again i'm not alone when i asked you what is it that you are waiting for you are waiting to meet your person or get pregnant, and this has been a long journey, or leave a relationship, extricate yourself from the marriage. The same season that somebody was waiting in the beginning to meet their person, you are now waiting to, should I leave this person? Are we going to go through this? Now, what are all of the steps? Now we have filed, now we're waiting for it to be final. Uh, People waiting to get a degree. you know, and, And so many things that we are waiting for are very long stories. It may be that going through cancer or having the idea to a book through actually getting it published and promoting it or renovating a house specifically if you maybe didn't have all of the money up front. So you kind of had to do it in stages bit by bit or building a business. You might feel like you're in a long story because you started your business years ago, but it's still not really profitable. It's still not sort of to some level or vision that you have. And then... During those really long stories, there can also be a lot of medium length stories that are layered on top of that. At the same time, you are planning a wedding or doing a product launch or, I don't know, doing Invisalign, like just something where you're like, oh, this, these you know, adult braces are driving me crazy and they're just one more thing that it feels like I am waiting to be over. And I am in a season where it feels like every story, whether it is, like, nine years long or nine months long or, yeah, maybe six months long is the shortest one, it feels like I am right smack in the desk. Right smack dab in the middle of every single one. I'm at the midway point. And when you're first starting something, there can be excitement around it, right? There's like hope, expectation. You can get some great momentum at the beginning. And then when you start to see the finish line, there can be another sense of like, we're almost there. But gosh, when you are in the middle of the race, when you're at mile 13 of the marathon, I would presume, though I have never run a marathon and very likely never will, but I would imagine that that is the toughest part to get through is when you're just getting to that middle way point. And when that is happening for so many different things in your life, man, that is draining. And I realized on Sunday that, you know, what was that? Seven, eight, nine days earlier when the Elegant Excellence Journal site disappeared, that was supposed to be the first win of the season change that was win number one and after it now we are heading into the second half the back half of a lot of these stories and because as you know the story it was you know seven o'clock at night 15 hours on a Thursday 15 hours before it was supposed to go live it was snatched away and I am still being impacted by that you know a, a week and a half later And it's not, you know, sometimes when these things happen, I think we can say to ourselves, like, it's a sight, it's not that big of a deal. You ultimately are going to be able to rebuild it. It's fine. Like, you know, we can really want to either dismiss the pain or the loss or look on the bright side, choose the positive. And yes, of course, we want to choose the positive whenever we can. But I also think it's so important to be like, however, you thought, you were just about to get to celebrate being at the finish line. And the finish line got pushed back another couple of weeks, you know? And on Sunday, I didn't know. I actually thought it was gonna be a little further out. We ended up having a like win with something that we, um, some pieces that we discovered on the back end, And I think we're gonna be able to get up a little bit sooner. I think it might be up before our next episode is out. So check your email see what I'm sharing on Instagram, but we're going to bring back our uh, launch promotion, the discount that we were offering for this next, uh, (laughs) this launch take two as we unveil the site. So definitely look for that. I think that may have already launched and closed before the next episode comes out. But on Sunday, I was thinking it was still two weeks out and that just felt exhausting to already be a week out from it and be like two more weeks. I mean, close to three weeks, that's almost a month, right? Like to have a whole month delay on something, imagine, I've never been pregnant, but imagine being nine months pregnant and then being like, oh, actually it's going to be a 10th month. Like everyone I know who's been nine months pregnant is like, are you kidding me? Like you could not tell me anything more discouraging than all of a sudden when I think I'm almost there, that there is a whole other month to come. And the fear that that arises for me is not so much about that one moment. And again, I think this is just so impactful because sometimes we can shame ourselves into being like it's a website, let it go, don't let it derail your, you know, it should not be leading you into this mild sense of depression over your week. Like I, I can almost shame myself to be like, why are we not better at our mindset that we can't let this go? But what I realized through sitting down with my elegant excellence journal is that. What's underneath that is a fear that other stories, endings, or turning points, or momentum is also going to get snatched. It's not only I missed the emotional release of that celebration and that got delayed. It's additionally, there's added work that we've got to do. It's additionally, there is going to be a celebration, but it's, you know, it's just not the same once something kind of got tripped up and waylaid, right? Like you had to, if you had to reschedule it and move it back, you're still happy it happened, but it just didn't have the same momentum as it did the first time. You know, if, you're, if your um, marathon got rescheduled and you're like, okay, I'm gonna finish the last couple miles here, but it was not the same adrenaline as when you were in it. <laughs> like you're just not gonna feel that exultant at the end. So all of those things are true. And what I realized is there's the fear of what if it happens again? What if what if the next thing gets snatched? And so I know, all right, the next thing coming up, like that's that's just not gonna happen the way that that scenario is, it's just something that's actually ending. Okay, great. But this next thing I'm waiting on, I am worried that that's gonna get snatched because, and that's actually around hiring, because we did hiring in November, December, and we hired for two roles, and one of the people quit, Um before they even started. <laughs> they got offered the job and then we went on two weeks holiday and they uh, they quit the first but before they even took started the job. And so that got snatched away. And so now I've been, been hiring since or another hiring round right now. And so, of course, it makes sense that I'm afraid What if that happens again? That exact scenario, because that's pretty specific, right? The website disappears, the person quits on the first day. Both of those are things that in, what, 11 years of business, I have never had happen. So that is unlikely. But the idea that I could go through all these hiring rounds and not find the person that we want to hire, I mean, that is a more plausible thing that could happen, right? Um, That other, there could be another tech issue, that a timeline that you're expecting, there could be some delay something could be more complicated than you thought that it was going to be and therefore even though my brain says i just took a trip i i should quote air quotes be more rested that should have been enough i guess to make me feel a little better and it did make me feel better but nonetheless when you have, in the immortal words of Tammy Taylor, Fred and Night Lights, a hard, hard thing, that is a hard, hard thing, it makes sense then that you're exhausted and even your best efforts to put a little bit of goodness, kindness, like whatever you can. In this, in this case, it happened to be this short last minute trip uh, that we already had planned. You can put that on top of it, but it doesn't mean that it actually is going to be, quote, enough. That we can do the things that the, we can use the tools that we have, we can the you know the time we have, the money we have, the resources, whatever. But it still may be that while it did make us feel a little better, we also still find ourselves a little depressed. And the last few weeks, I have been ha- have been self coaching myself so intentionally to say I am having to fight to choose lightness. And I mentioned this last week. um, It officially is going to be our topic for the Elegant Excellence community. For April, I said last week, I was thinking about it and I just drafted up all the content while I was away. And I have some extra special content this month that um, is unique for April because I just need this for myself, like water in the desert. I need, and what I realized lying on that, that uh, the, the the middle of my floor on Saturday is on Sunday is that I need to choose it daily. I need to be thinking about it often and throughout the day because it isn't some huge life changing wave where you're like, oh my gosh, I just need to have a positive attitude and this is going to be fine. And it's also not enough to sit down and think about it once a week when. I'm listening to a podcast or a lesson. and be like, you know what? Yes, I should be choosing more lightness. I am playing with the idea that I really need to be choosing this frequently. I need to be reminded of it multiple times throughout my day. So I'm rethinking our content a little bit this month in that direction. So if you need to choose more lightness daily as well, join us for April when the full Elegant Excellence Journal site goes live. Uh, you have another opportunity to join us inside. But we just got back from this little trip to Florida. And the win of this trip was that it was a very low energy output trip. And I was really thinking about how when you only have the, the time, money, availability for a short break, how much the details of ease matter. And I wanted to share what some of those details are because often when we're tired, we don't make great choices for ourselves at the very time when we need it the most. It's like this, you know, horrible cyclical cycle that you have less energy to put into something and then you need it to give you back even more of a return. So I hope that some of these ideas help someone. It will not be your exact story the way your trip unfolds, but What does make it feel less energy output for you? Because for me, this was the lowest energy output trip I maybe ever had taken. It was not the traditional type of trip that Jeremy and I take. And I really took note of that, of what the pros and the cons were. So the biggest pro right off the bat, which obviously not everyone is gonna have access to at different times, but we went to a friend's condo. I have a family friend, my mom's best friend, has a condo down in Florida. She's mentioned at different times, you know, we're welcome to stay there. Not something I really actively think about way in the back of my brain. And what I realized, so basically two weeks before the trip, I think I shared this last night. week, I was just having a meltdown. I was like, I have to get on a plane tomorrow. Like I, there's this horrible construction in our building. I just, I, the winter is killing me. I got to get out. And so I just texted my mom, would would you see if her condo happens to be available? I just was desperate. And I knew in that moment I don't even have time to figure out where to go, basically. I don't have the energy to figure that out. And so by doing that and taking the free place to stay, there was so much less energy spent choosing a place because for me, at least, I don't know about you, I spend a lot of time figuring out where to go. Like, what's the vibe that I'm going for, for the price? What are the amenities? Like, are there places to sit by the pool? Is it walking distance to the beach? Do they have... Beach chairs down at the beach that you can rent, or is it included? What are the restaurants like? What is the vibe like? Is it going to be too loud? Like how big is the room? How cute is the room? How much light is there? What is the view? Like there's so many things because I am very affected by place. And of course, when you're spending money on a place and when you don't travel all the time, which it might seem to you like we travel all the time, but in my mind, we don't travel all the time. And so I want to make sure that that travel is really worth it. I don't want to have regret afterwards that we spent that time, money, and energy, and I didn't really love it. So I put a lot of emphasis into where we stay. But this time, having no pressure, not only did I not spend time looking for it, but I didn't spend money looking for it. So I was just grateful that it was a free place to stay and the ease of getting there. So just a little reminder, even if you have friends that you're like, let me talk to you about the fact, like, could I ever house sit for you? Could I ever stay in your house when you are going someplace? Would you just let me know when you're going to family? I will pay for the cleaner at the front end. I will pay for the cleaner at the back end. Um, but the ability to just have a free place to stay and not have to really overthink it um, is actually going to be incredibly helpful. Then we, it's a short flight, New York to Jacksonville. It's like a two hour flight, so short. And normally when we go to Florida, we go to Miami, which is like three, three and a half hours, still short, but realizing it is even shorter. This just felt even easier. And it's not a place that would ever have been on my radar before. I wouldn't have been like, we should go to Jacksonville. It was only because this is where this home was. So just looking at like, what is the nearest places to you? We packed in a carry-on, which I never do. And friend, it is hard. I would not have been able to pack in a carry-on. And I felt like I was packing so incredibly light. I don't know how carry-on people do it. I had one pair of tennis shoes that I was wearing and I had two little pairs of like sandals or flat slides, like such small shoes. Other than that, everything mixed and matched. I did not overpack on clothing options. Now, I wasn't quite sure what the weather was gonna be, so I did have a little bit of a range, but really I felt like I did everything as simply as possible and still I had to pack some in Jeremy's bag um, which he didn't have his drone with him, if which he almost always does. If he did, that would not have worked. So I'm like just bowing down to you people who pack carry on because it does feel amazing. You When you are not used to doing it, you feel like Superwoman. You're like, I just walked right past that line and right into security. I just walked off that plane and right out. Like that made a big difference. Cause when you add it up, that's probably an hour of your time by the time you like, Sometimes you have to wait in line, check in, the monitor isn't working, you have to get your tag, you have to wait for the agent, yada, yada. Then you get off, you got to go to baggage claim, figure out which carousel you're at, wait for them to take the things off, all the things, you add that up. And if you're only away for a few days, an hour on the front, an hour in the back end, that adds up. The rental car being easy at the airport, another huge key. Now, this might be obvious in a lot of places, but in LA, which is one of the only other which is a core place I guess I would say that I have rented cars like growing up there etc um, you have to wait for a shuttle to take you to the rental car place it is not easy when Jeremy and I have rented cars there like you got to drop it off you got to wait for the shuttle if there is an airport where it is right there which again maybe is nor- most airports but it's just not LA um, when it is right there again you're not having to wait for the shuttle you're not having to drive like all of that, you're like, yep, that's another half hour, hour of time, you know, on either side to add it up. Then what's the drive to the place? That one I always am looking. I always make sure to look how far is the drive from wherever, from the airport to wherever we're going. And I always take that into account. But then when we got there as well, I had not looked up a single thing. I was just like, I, again, because I'm not investing the money in this trip, I'm not putting the same amount of pressure. And of course, we had a flight, we had a car rental, it's not that it was free, but the core place I start with the trip for me is the is the hotel or the Airbnb, where we're staying. And then I sort of secondarily look at what are what do flights cost, et cetera. So because I didn't look up anything, they'd given us um a little shared notes um app thing on some of the restaurants that they recommend. Just not even having to look around at that and make decisions. You're like, great, they gave us seven options. Let's just pick one. Let's just like go to a couple places. It wasn't a landmark place so there was nothing I was trying to check off the list. Normally I've watched YouTube videos, I know what's there, we've made a list, we're trying to see cool stuff. The goal was simply to be outdoors because we can't be outdoors a lot in New York because it's cold and it was still fairly chilly down there. It was chillier than I would have loved. Um but we were still able to eat multiple meals outdoors, sit outdoors on the balcony, um and just have a different experience. Just a pattern interrupt. That was really the main goal. And I think that that's worth considering as a potential great goal for a trip is I'm not looking to have this depth of experience. I'm not looking to do all these cultural things. I just am kind of stuck in a rut, especially because I'm in the middle of a story that just or lots of stories that just feel like they never end. And I just got to break it up for a long weekend. In our case, we had worked Three weekends in a row uh, trying to get the site finished because this is not Jeremy's full time job. So that was the majority of our time to do it. And it just felt like every week was bleeding into the next one. And I just needed a little something to get away. And then while we were down there, we stumbled upon the perfect nervous system date. And I am so excited about this and playing with more applications about this for myself. So, step one, Is optional. Step one is I was on a cannabis gummy, which I'm a huge fan of. It has been a big part of my healing my nervous system, healing my anxiety, general mental health and growth. Um, If you want to talk about that more, we will or we can do so inside the Elegant Excellence community. Um, I'm an open book in there. But it also may be that I had this insight while on a cannabis gummy so that you don't need the cannabis gummy part. But for me, a cannabis gummy opens my awareness. It, it it quiets the part of my brain that is worried about me and it opens up my curiosity and my awareness about the things that are happening around me. And as someone who is deeply thoughtful and analytical all the time, quieting that part of my brain is such an instant relief in and of itself. But I also become more aware of how am I feeling right now? Why is this feeling good? What, what is feeling different about this and something else? Because I now have the brain space to take in where normally I am just, just thinking about myself and my own experience. So what I realized, the magic was here, is in it, the first night, we, we ended up having three date nights like this, but the first one was we went to a, a bar and it's so interesting too. You know, I love the adage, how is this happening for me? We go into this this restaurant and it's, it's full. It's gonna be like almost an hour wait. And I'm like, whatever, we don't have anything else to do. We're on vacation, we'll wait. This is one of the restaurants that they recommended. It's a cool vibe. But I'm peeved because I'm in line and to put our name in. And she sees these like two young frat guys ahead of me. Now granted, she's a young girl. So I'm like, okay, you probably just think these guys are hot and I'm like a middle-aged woman to you. So you're just like not even paying attention to me. And so I'm feeling a little peeved because she serves these guys before me and she asks where they wanna sit. And they're like, I don't know. And she ends up recommending that they sit on the roof. She's like, do you guys wanna sit on the roof? Like, it's cool up there. They're like, sure. And they're a table of two. And I'm like, well, I wanted to sit on the roof. And now this other table of two is ahead of us. Like I'm, you know, feeling a little miffed. And then I put our name in. I'm just like, whatever, I'm gonna try to let it go. And then we turn around. We're like, there's actually two seats at the bar right here. Why don't we just do this? We sit down and are like, this is actually amazing because the live music is right there on the ground floor. It's not up on the roof. And the guy playing like singer songwriter guy, he is playing um, all like classics, all songs that you would know the words to, but you like vaguely even know the words like and it's it's not so loud that it's overpowering. It is the perfect background music, which we were joking. Jeremy's like, that's the last thing you want to say to a singer-songwriter. You were perfect tonight, sir. I barely even noticed you. You were just wonderful background noise. Whereas the night before, we had been someplace with live music. He was very loud. He wasn't a very good singer. He was singing his own songs. His own songs were not that great. And I was like trying to, to tune him out. This guy, I barely even noticed. But there was that happening. Second, there was just a great buzz in the um, in the restaurant, like just, you know, I don't know, just it was it wasn't packed. It wasn't super loud, but it wasn't empty. There was just like that quiet rumble. So you got that second thing going on. Then there were TVs that had basketball games on and they were on silent. So it wasn't that loud sports bar vibe, but there's something happening on the big screen if I want to watch that. And we happen to be a basketball fan. Now, that was um, it was March Madness, which is college basketball not especially our thing, but we do like basketball. And then we see the couple next to us on their cell phone is watching a different basketball game. And Jeremy's like, oh, I wish I I could do that and watch watch my team because he's a, a Oklahoma City Thunder fan. And I'm like, why can't we? He's like, oh, right. Yeah, we could just do that right now. Well, it's ha- just so happens that we are sitting at the part of the bar. Can you picture like a long bar and in the middle of it, there's a like a cement column sort of a divider in the middle of the bar that happens to be where we are. And you could think, oh, this is a bad seat because like we kind of have to lean around in order to talk to the waitress or whatever. No, it was great because we just had a, a, a shelf for our, our, quote, TV, our personal TV. So Jeremy pops open his game and I say to him like 10 minutes in, I was like, this is one of the most relaxing dates we have ever been on. And it's because normally when we, if we were on like a really romantic date, we would be having an in-depth conversation, right? We would be sharing things, we'd be coming up with things to talk to, which is wonderful. Of course you want that in a relationship, but we've been getting a lot of time together. We've been getting, had a lot of in-depth conversations because of things that are happening in our lives. We were together all day on this trip. It's not like we have kids pulling us away. It's not like one of us works outside the home or we've been traveling separately, or whatever. So that's just not the main thing that we need. We just need to rest. We actually don't need the depth of conversation right now. So because there's all of this, these other sensory things going on, we don't need to exert the mental power to really have in depth conversation. I mean, we're commenting on the game, on the music, whatevs. Like we're, you know, sharing the experience. But if it's if it was all quiet in there, then you would be like, oh, we're having a conversation. That's what's happening. Or if there was one thing that was very loud or very deep, it would be strong enough to pull all your focus. If the mu- music from the two nights ago that was so loud and not very good, it was taking a lot of mental work for me to like try to drown him out, try to not be frustrated at him for being a very good singer and not writing great songs, not be frustrated that like, I swear he got louder once we sat down, like all those things. I'm not having to work at any of this because everything is just on a light level and there are multiple focuses. And that is so calming to the brain. If I wanna think about the music, I can. If I wanna look about the basketball, I can. If I wanna people watch, I can. I got two different basketball games or I can just not think about anything. I can just like, oh my gosh, the ease on my brain. And so I was like, okay, babe, what? And we ended up having this for the next two nights without the music. But the next two nights we went to places where we were also sitting outdoors and um wasn't loud because it was outdoors. It wasn't like an enclosed sports bar. We're also looking at the view because we're outdoors. And every night there were games on that weren't, our team. It wasn't like our team, you know, for the championships and we're all feeling nervous. It was just passive, but we would get into it. We would just cheer for the underdog or whatever. And specifically, the reason why it was kind of magical is because March Madness is happening right now for college basketball. And so there was games on every night and they really matter because you it's, it's one round knockout. And so even if you don't know the team, you can get into it. So if you, your partner, your best friend, your family are into sports. That might be when there's a soccer tournament going on or a tennis tournament or like wild card weekend for the NFL. But sometime where you're like, actually, there's just a a lot of we can go on this little weekend vacation. There's going to be constantly things to just entertain us when we go out. But in a calm enough way, we can also have conversation. It's not like we're having to choose either or. And maybe sports is not your thing, but it might be live music and people watching. But I realized if we hadn't had the free place to stay, we would have, oh, so sorry. Let me back up for a second. The how is this happening for us? I just realized, I guess it's not happening for us that those guys got cut in line. That was more of a, that was less how is this happening for us? And that was more something Jeremy and I try to say to each other often. And we specifically say it a lot more traveling, which is everything works out for us. Everything works out for us. And it's, it's so often, I think, when you're traveling, you put that extra pressure on, oh, what if we're not gonna be able to find parking? And then you find a great parking spot and you're like, okay, everything works out for us. Like, you didn't have to stress about that. And you're like, oh, maybe we're not gonna be able to get into this restaurant because we didn't, you make a reservation and then you go next door and you're like, oh my gosh, this little hole in the wall place was amazing. Everything works out for us. And so it was one of those moments where I thought, all right, here I was disappointed that I'm not ahead of these frat boys in line. And I was like, Everything works out for us. The two perfect seats for us were available at the bar immediately without having to wait. And it was even better than what was on the roof. So how often do I think I know what my definition of good is going to be? And if I'm actually willing to just be like, well, if not this, then something better. And then something better comes along. So had we not been going to our friend's condo because it was free, we probably would have ended up in Miami that weekend instead. And I just realized, like, I don't love Miami. It's just close and it's warm. And would I have preferred the warmth? Yes. But also, the the fact that it's not a party town maybe opened up for me. You know, maybe there are better places for us to go that aren't as buzzy, that aren't as cool. Is there something? I would love to know, by the way. Like, please. Come and DM me if this is, uh, if you think this is a thing. I'm like, is it a thing that it's about southern beach towns where if you're on the coast with warm weather, you're going to have more outdoor spaces? And am I right that there is something in the southern culture that is so into sports because there's just this real sense of like, you know, everyone from Alabama has a tie to Alabama or Auburn. And there's all of these sports throughout the year that people are just really into. Because I feel like if we went to San Diego, I can't imagine there are as many outdoor restaurant bars with TVs that aren't like a super party vibe. Because this just, I just feel like Miami is like a, you know, party club scene. And that's like not our vibe. And so even there, I thought, well, maybe this happened for us in planting the seed of something else. So if you if you know of other like chill easy places to go on vacation, please come in the US, you know, please DM me. If I get a bunch of recs, I will share them. But a year ago, we went on a trip to Portugal for a week. Very different vibes and it was so good for my nervous system. It was it was the deeper soul rest than this little trip was. But it took Way more time to plan. And we needed to do it way more in advance in order for things to be available and all of that. And so it was good for me to just see if you can take the big, deep, long trip, that is amazing. But it also is going to take more work. You're going to spend more money. So there's going to feel more pressure to really get it right. But if you too are in this season where everything just feels like it's in the middle and you are waiting and it just feels like I am looking for something to feel different, right? Because everything just starts to feel a bit like Groundhog's Day. What is the simplest trip you can take? What is the simplest day excursion you can do if a trip isn't even you know, possible versus what's the deeper recharge your soul needs? Now, in some seasons, that's what you need. A year ago, that's what I needed. And I would still love it right now. I would love, love, love to be headed on another like deep soul recharge. Our next ones are like over the summer. Um, But in this case, it just, I just did not have the bandwidth even to give that to myself. Now is not when the timing made sense. And so I just thought, okay, this is a good note for future. Now, when I feel that I need to take a break, how can I not overthink it? And how could I use, if finances are an issue, um, how could I think about any other friends that I have to float the idea? of going and staying in their place, even if it's not a, you know, quote, vacation home, which many, many people don't have. And then it got me thinking of other elements of the easiest thing. How can we just welcome in the easiest thing? And I had this conversation over on Instagram stories that in the last week, two different people I followed have follow on Instagram, um, we're talking about filters, like the filters that you put over your Instagram stories. And one of them, I I shared the story that it was someone that I had brand new started following. So I don't have a relationship with them. I don't have an in-depth reason why I'm following. Somebody shared something. I went over and followed. As you know, I do not follow a lot of people on Instagram very intentionally because I don't want to be scrolling on there for forever. And also, I want to see the people that I want to see. So if I'm following 1,200 people, I'm only seeing the 10% of people that the algorithm has decided that I should see rather than actually saying, no, this is the content I want to see. I don't want to see that post just because it got more engagement because that was a thin woman in a swimsuit. I want to see this post because I've said I appreciate the wisdom or the humor or the lessons of the relationship with this person. So I often will follow someone new for a reason and be like, oh, yeah, didn't really resonate with me that much. Like unfollow, no worries. So that was the scenario here is I don't really have a relationship with this person. And they posted a video about the fact that they were gonna be more transparent from here on out about like telling people when they are doing things that are ads. And I was like, are, I'm pretty sure legally you have to do that. Is that like this new revelation? And they're like, and I'm only gonna promote things that I really believe in And I was like, wait a minute, you you've you've been not doing like, I just I don't understand that I would never promote something that I didn't really believe in." She's like, I'm going to do less like filters. And she kind of indicates, you know, like, yeah, there's no filter on this. And that's fine, except that I thought this person is wearing an immaculate face of makeup, which I mean, more power to her. She's obviously great at doing her makeup. I am not that good at doing my makeup. It is immaculate. It looks professionally done. It looks like, you know, there, and it looks like there's a lot of enhancements that are going on. Like she's probably contouring and things that are just like more complicated than I do my makeup. And I am quite confident because in some of the things I'd seen her share, that she's doing Botox and fillers and lasers and all of the things. Zero judgment, absolutely zero judgment about any of those things. But it just got me thinking that I think the problem when it comes to our beauty, now more than ever in human history, is the amount, and we're seeing it more and more in stories, is the amount of things that we don't know other people are doing. And they are making it seem like it's their skincare line that makes them look like this, not the $50,000 a year of dermatology treatments that they are getting of the lasers and the, I don't know, whatever all the things are. That's that is leading them to have the immaculate mac- skin. It is not just their skincare line, which they also are promoting. It is not just the workouts that they are showing, but it is also, you know, everyone's talking about Ozempia, this new um, I don't know, diet drug or whatever that's not meant to be a diet drug, but that's the effect. And I saw someone share, for example, like some some past and present photos of a couple of the Kardashians that are especially slimmer. And I hadn't really noticed it because I don't follow them. I watch their show. Y'all know I am a fan, but I don't follow them. I just find their life absolutely fascinating on the show, but I'm not fascinated enough to follow them on Instagram. So I haven't really thought about it. And I don't know when these photos are. I'm not like deeply analyzing that, but I saw them and I was like, I wonder if they have a point there. Cause gosh, they are a lot thinner As people who already for years have had, I mean, they spend full time almost in their life working on their appearance. They have chefs and nutritionists and personal trainers and have been taught to do their makeup by the best makeup artists there are. And they have dermatologists and they have, I mean, all of the things, the most expensive skincare treatments, they spend full time to look like this. And then I noticed last week, there was another story of a like Photoshop fail of one of them that was like really appeared to be trying to make her body look slimmer in this photo and the background was wonky. And you know, whenever those, I see those articles, like they always fascinate me because I just think these women spend full time to look this beautiful and still don't feel beautiful enough, thin enough that they are Photoshopping their photos where they're already wearing the shapewear that they sell and the all the different things. like, And so I just felt like there is so much that we don't know that you know, a Jennifer Lopez is doing to look as phenomenal as she does for her age. And again, I do not begrudge her that, but I just will note, I don't think we know a fraction of what she's doing. And so if you think you're just buying the serum that she's using or eating the diet plan or whatever, like that is a fraction of it. Meanwhile, a filter is the most transparent thing we can use if, by filter we mean, you tap in the upper left-hand corner of my stories, it'll tell you exactly what filter I'm using. You can tap to try it right now. If that filter is making my nose ridiculously thin, which I will say, I never, never in my life did I think I had a large nose. Never. I used to think that my nose was way too pointy, way too thin. I wanted a nose job when I was in, in college because I thought my nose was was too long, thin and pointy. Um, yeah, the number of filters that make my nose half the size that it is, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that the Western beauty standard is so teeny tiny for what my nose should look like. So those filters, I'm not interested in personally because. I'm not going to filter ever I'm I'm not going to do a live webinar with a filter on that filter the same filter doesn't exist on Zoom. I'm not going to filter every one of my photos to look like that. If I do a speaking gig one day, you're going to see me in person. If I'm interviewed on someone else's podcast and they have videos, I'm not going to have a filter there. So to me that would just be preposterous to actually change the shape of my face. But if you want to see, if someone has changed the shape of their face, you just tap that filter. It is the most transparent thing But mostly what we're doing, the women I follow, at least, I feel are most likely in my same scenario, which is I don't want to have to put on makeup. I don't want to have to spend the time, money, and energy to put on makeup just to go about my day to feel comfortable going on camera. And yet I also want to feel presentable enough, pulled together enough. I don't want this to just look like a total hot mess. Like, where is the balance? So you're like, oh. For zero money, zero effort, zero toxins on my skin with a tap of a button, I can look like I put on foundation and under eye and like I can do that like, you know, the ones I use are not like a full face of makeup. But actually, I remember seeing Chalene Johnson share a filter that did that. It like gave you makeup and you could you could make it light basically from what it was. And I don't remember what app that was, but I remember thinking that's actually genius. Like, that's great because why, why, why not use a filter to do the exact same thing I'm going to put time, money, and energy in to do? But just do it free, easy, no, no toxins. And especially, we're all so burned out. We're all busy. We already feel enough pressure on social media, like wanting to have enough content. Are or you, or your views high enough? Whatever. If, if a tired mom, juggling her own brand, trying to build a business to support her family, wants to use a filter to make her skin tone look a little more even in lieu of putting on makeup, then more power to her. I think if you don't want to use a filter, no worries. I'm not saying like like power to the filter. But I just had noticed this woman is making it sound like she's doing the more authentic, relatable thing. By taking away, the free, easy, non-toxic thing. While she's going to go forth and spend multiple, six, uh, multiple five figures a year, I guarantee you, on how she feels beautiful that most women in her audience don't have. So why are we taking away the thing that's accessible? And then another gal I follow said that the filter she uses, the reason she loves it, and I appreciated her vulnerability in this, I really did. Her honesty, she shared, um, she has a subscription um, account, one of those where you like pay $5 a month for their bonus content or whatever. And she shared on her subscription account, so not all the followers saw it, that the reason she likes that filter is it makes her lips look fuller. I'm just not a big lips person. I've never noticed that somebody had small lips, I just don't think about people's lips, but that was her thing. So now she's going to get filler to make that same effect on her lips, which again, no judgment either way. But I thought it's so it was almost like she was saying, then I won't have to use the filter. And I thought, I mean, the other argument would be just use the filter. Now I granted, probably maybe where her head was going was like, I want this filter all the time. And this is getting unrealistic. Um, like, I, I can't do that. So instead, I'm just going to make the change. But I thought that's almost interesting. You're actually doing the thing that is more time, money, effort to get the same effect as this free thing that you had, which I, as a layperson, did not even notice that it made your lips any larger than they look in your photos. And I do not, I truly do not believe this person was photoshopping their photos to make their lips larger. But it is a weird thing. Any fellow content creator, the amount of time you spend looking at your face on camera is bizarre. Different conversation from another time. It's something I've been thinking about in the long run. Um, But thinking about with our kids, like how much our kids spend time looking back at themselves in selfies and things like that. So anyways, different, longer conversation. But basically, in this idea of when you are tired, when you are exhausted, when you are in the middle of things, I I just think it's worth asking, like, what is the easiest thing that I can do? And again, longer conversation about how we affect one another with our beauty standards, et cetera. Um, I don't think that anyone listening to this podcast that you and I as real people, even if we're content creators, I don't think anyone listening here has 100 million followers on Instagram. Um, I don't think that you are showing extreme, like just outlandish filters that are nowhere near reality and influencing 14 year old girls. I think for your life and the people that are actually following you, If there is something that makes it easier, then do the easier. If it's something that saves you time, money, and energy, then validate. Do not apologize. Do not feel badly that there's other things you've decided to invest your time, money, and energy into. Um, Again, not to say that just because it's not affecting me doesn't mean it's affecting others and I shouldn't care. I think it is a broader conversation, but I think it is a different demographic of extreme filters and. Um, extreme influence and much younger women, et cetera, then the women I'm following, that's that, those aren't the filters they're using. And that's not the audience that they're talking to. And I just thought, I love authenticity. I love questioning things. I love trying, like all about it. But I don't wanna see us take away the free easy thing without acknowledging there's actually like a, you're spending way more time, money and energy to make up for this filter. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's actually a win and it actually could be a win to say, I'm gonna do this thing that's just like cheaper or easier. Like whether that's, you know, planning the trip to a friend's house and just not making this a huge thing, whether this is um, going to the, 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 sh- the closer trip that's not like to this super cool destination that I saw on Instagram we're just, we just need to get out of the house for a weekend. And I just need a pattern interrupt. Like I, there are a lot of things to care about in the world and putting on a filter just so that I feel better about myself. And I, and if I don't do this, I'm going to go put on makeup. Then that is just easier. Let me, you know, do this. So if you two are in the middle of many stories, or in the middle of long stories, or when you are in the future. It's really a season of endurance. And I think it's finding the easiest things that you can, because it, it can feel hard to keep going and to even exert the effort into the self-care things. And then the other thing that, you know, we, we have a, a champagne toast at the end of uh, the Priority section in the Elegant Excellence Journal, and I love the idea of writing down your celebrations and and what's happening. Like that is such a powerful exercise to focus on what is going right, what is going well, what you have done, because we focus so much on what we have not done as opposed to what we do. Yes, but I also will say that what I'm experiencing in my body is that celebrating the milestones is is feeling hard for me right now. Like, not hard to celebrate, but it's just not, it's just kind of feeling meh. It's feeling sort of lackluster. Like, okay, when we get this LX site rebuilt, like, we can go out to dinner and we can order a cocktail and we can give a little toast, but that's not a nervous system rebalance. (laughs) Like, that does not make up for everything that we went through in the exhaustion of having to rebuild it. And so I've been thinking, like, what would then move the needle? So we have we have two or three things that are closing this month. And Jeremy's birthday is at the end of the month. And um, I thought, OK, you know, I think we make his birthday weekend, which just happens to be on that end of quarter one, start of quarter two. And you don't have to have a birthday weekend. Maybe for you, it's just planting this little seed now to say, OK, in a week and a half, that, that transition weekend there is something to transitions. There is something to seasonal shifts to the end of a quarter. Maybe it's a birthday. Maybe it's a holiday. Maybe it's a project wrapping up. But also just the calendar is changing. I say so often, and we talk about this a lot with the Alleyes School's Journal, January 1 is not the magical day to change your life. It happens seasonally. It happens frequently. It happens when you end a story, which could be you know whatever time for you. And so maybe it's looking ahead to that weekend and saying, can we just make that a weekend where we really are doing multiple things to try to celebrate? And we even say, this is a celebration weekend. Let's keep referencing all the things that we are celebrating. Yes, we're celebrating your birthday. We are celebrating the end of a hard quarter. We are celebrating the end of this, the end of this. We're just all weekend. We're going to keep saying it's a new season. It's a new season. It's a fresh season. Um you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I am brand new into astrology. I don't know enough about it yet to say that I'm really into it, but I am deeply intrigued. Um, I, I, if, I, if I continue to learn more about it, I will share more about it. But I just heard some things around the Saturn moving into some new moon and was like, whoa, wait. Is this a real thing? Because this feels so resonant. And then the more I looked into it, I just keep being like, it's so resonant. Like, make it make sense. How is this feeling so resonant? So maybe I'm just in a season of being tired from being in the middle of all the seasons and I'm just looking for some hope and help and guidance. And if that's the case, I'm not mad about it. Even if astrology turns out to be not a thing. Um I'm I'm not mad about it because it's not like I'm gambling my life savings on, you know, the roulette table because a tarot card told me to do it. It's just giving me encouragement that I keep saying the message that we are moving into a new season and because of my rising sign or because of for all of us where the Saturn all these different things it keeps saying this is a new season. This is going to feel different. This is going to feel different than it has for the last two and a half years. This is going to feel different than it has since 2008. Like now, some of these are for all of us. Some of these are for me. Again, Chani app is the one that I am using. C H A N I. Not a plug. It's just when I asked on Instagram, it was the number one that y'all recommended. Um, and so it is saying that there is a season shift, and I, I'm here for it. I'm like, I will take that. What? Why would I not? I have nothing to lose. So I'm going to lean into this is a season shift and it's not all in one day, but it is happening and there there is a season shift. And if you need that as well, then join me in declaring end a quarter one, start a quarter two. It's over many weeks. It's not, again, all in a day, but like we are in a season shift. But then I also felt like I, I need to make this more small daily choices rather than these medium celebrations because the medium celebrations meaning like you went out to dinner like even being like we went to a Broadway show which maybe sounds so glamorous if you don't live in New York City and that's a great night and I love that that's not gonna fill up in my soul the depletion of all these things that that I'm in the middle of right or the things that keep keep getting delayed um or deferred like that's not gonna be enough and so I'm wondering if it is in the very intentional daily choices. That's why I came up with this idea of choosing lightness for the Elegant Excellence community content in April and um, rethought the content to say, how can I truly not just make this content for the community, but really what, what would I want for myself every day of April to help me feel a shift, to help me feel better to help me remember the things that i know that i believe to be true about believing that it gets better and choosing hope and looking at all the evidence i have in the past and believing it could exceed my wildest expectations and believing that if i if i can't affect what's going to happen then i can just either make myself happier or more miserable along the way with my thoughts so why would i not make myself happier like all of those things we talk about here How can I choose them a little more on a daily basis? And so if that resonates with you, join us for um, the month of April. And um, for those of you who don't join us, I will let you know how it goes. But if you are in the wait, you are not alone. And I'm grateful to know I'm not either. And I am grateful to share more as this season and this year and these stories progress and believe that I will have more wisdom from the other side to pass back for those of you that are in the wait at that time. Um, And for right now, though, I am grateful to be not alone. And I'm grateful that you are here. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I am not loving lately. And I don't think I have ever done a not loving lately, but something that I want to share for my Florida trip is that I felt an alertness being in a small town in Florida for the first time since, 20, since pre-2020. Because I own a hat that has the letters N-Y on the front of it. And I have had this hat for years. It's like the only baseball hat I have. I have a ridiculously small head. It's very hard for me to find baseball hats that fit me. And um, yet I've really gotten into wearing them because then you don't have to wear sunglasses as much and do your hair and just all the things. So I love this hat. I wear it all the time. It's the only hat I have with me on this trip. And I have never one time thought about someone seeing me in that hat and thinking anything negative about me. Now, predominantly, I'm only wearing this hat mostly in New York or in L.A. or in Europe, um, in Mexico. I mean, I'm pretty much out of the country and I really haven't been tried to many places in the U.S. in the last few years outside of New York and L.A. And I just could not help with how much Florida is in the news for Florida's, be- I don't want to say Florida's beliefs even because I know it's not everyone in Florida, but the way that Florida is portrayed in the news um, and, and the laws that are being passed there and therefore the government officials that were elected and the people that are not saying, no, we do not want this. I was so aware I am probably being looked at in a certain way because I am wearing this thing. And it, uh, it felt, I was just so aware. I couldn't help but think I am so aware of this, and yet I can take this off. And what if I? visibly looked like a member of the LGBTQ community? Or what if I were a person of color where I I can't remove or change this thing about me and yet I have found myself in a place where it is very reasonable and logical for me to assume that the majority of people here are looking at me with some sort of disdain, disgust, judgment, Hatred, even and uh, uh, vitriol, and that I felt that weight back. I felt like, gosh, I didn't think before this trip because, again, we've been to Florida multiple times. We usually go to Miami. Miami is just a very different thing. Miami is not Florida, right? Like, so, so I don't even think about it when I'm in Miami. The last time we went to a small town in Florida, because Jeremy has some family down there, was in like 2018, 2019. Didn't, didn't think about it at all. Florida just was not constantly in the news. I don't know. We're on a family trip there. I'm just not paying attention. And this was the first time that I was like, oh my gosh, because I'm seeing this in the news all the time, are, are, all, are, are all these people racist? Like, are all these people bigoted? Like I, I'm not used to to being in a whole community where I'm thinking, do you guys all have hate in your hearts? Like, do you hate people that I know and love? Like, do you preach a message that God is a God of hate? Like, do you misrepresent the God of love that like I grew up knowing? Like, and I just I I was not prepared for how often it would cross my mind. Um And I know that that is not true of all people in Florida because I I know people in Florida. But it really made me aware of just the heaviness of the last three years. And I thought, if I'm feeling this heaviness, there are other people that have felt this heaviness. And maybe for you, it's the reverse. Maybe you and I are politically different and it's that you felt a different heaviness going to a blue state in the last three years or going someplace that had a high vaccination rate or something like that. And you were like, back in 2018, I wouldn't have walked in. And then it hit me once I got here. Oh, my gosh. Do all these people think so much differently than I do? But I, I really feel that there was something so polarizing in 2020 that first started with the 2016 election but it still didn't really come to light until we had COVID followed by Black Lives Matter, followed by another election, that there was just that real pressure cooker from March through November of 2020 that felt like this split. And I've talked a little bit on Instagram about the fact that it's it's just changed some of my relationships. People I had different views about before, I was like, oh yeah, we, have, I mean, we have different views. I, I didn't even think about it that much. Like a different view on something like vaccination. I had friends that had different views. I just, it was not, I, I don't have a child. I, I thought about it as something that comes up when your kid's going to school. It just was not on my radar. And suddenly I was just like, oh my gosh, if we've had different views on this, then at least what I'm seeing in the media is that you would then also, have different views about this and this and this, and these all start to affect the the safety of, of a variety of people that I care about and so it, it's it, it, it's a struggle i don't I don't like it I don't like the way it makes me feel and I did not like the way it made me feel down there and Yet I don't know what to do about that. I don't want to say I wouldn't travel someplace. I wouldn't be in the midst of a certain kind of people. That feels closed off. I, and I hate feeling judgmental. I hate feeling, or for, for the sake of this, you know, something I'm loving lately, something I'm not. I'm not loving is judging people. That does not feel good. I'm not loving feeling judged by people, which... In truth, I don't actually care about. If those people didn't like me because of my views, I would not feel triggered about that at all because I am so confident that like when we all get to heaven one day, I'm on the right side of history that like I just believe in more love, (laughs) more love, more quality, more freedom, more permission. Like, so I'm not offended if if you disagree with me on that. But it was weird to even take up brain space to wonder is this bartender ignoring me because of my hat? And to then think, gosh, it is intense to track that if I was a woman of color, I might be thinking this every time I am at a bar and I'm being ignored when I am in a certain environment, when I am in an environment that has said we are incredibly against the LGBTQ community and I happen to be a woman that that outwardly looks like I am lesbian by the culture's definition then it's got to occur to me that this might be why I'm being ignored as opposed to the bartender is just busy and is that story true or not I don't know and I'm not loving <laughs> that it feels like we're in the middle of a years long cultural story because We are at the three-year anniversary of COVID and it feels just as polarized. It doesn't feel any more togetherness. Now, according to astrology, we are moving into a season of togetherness in the collective and maybe this is gonna shift. And three years ago, we were moving into a season of isolation. I'm gonna like get all this wrong. I'm not your astrology person. But basically there's like, according to what was happening in the heavens, it makes a lot of sense that the financial crisis happened in 2008, and it makes a lot of sense that that um, a pandemic and uh, social distancing happened in um, March 2020. So anyways, I will take it if they are right. Again, I'm like, what do we have to lose? If it means we are going to more of the collective and more togetherness, I will take it because I am not loving the way that it felt, and I have, it's never, I wouldn't say it's never, it has occurred to me at different times. I've been on tour. I've been to states, this is usually many years ago, being in states with a diverse cast and crew, with a lot of people of color, with a lot of members of the gay community, being in parts of town in certain cities and countries where you're like, I am pretty sure they are not gay friendly here. And that is most of the men in this cast, like, and they are musical theater gay boys and they are not quiet about it and being aware like you know we have multiple stories of like you know someone getting pulled over and just being like are we being treated differently because this is a car full of you know gay people and people of color and it's just looking like we are out of towners etc so um I've had those experiences in the past but many years ago. I have not thought about that in so many years. And to be so aware of it was just, it was a little bit of a drain. And I would, gosh, that would never have occurred to me that that might have been, that might've been draining. So like the middle of the stories we are in in our lives, I am doing my best when it comes to things happening for me When it comes to the things happening collectively for all of us in culture, I'm doing my best to believe and hope and declare and have faith that hard seasons come to an end. Seasons we are not loving come to an end. And this is an especially hard one for all of us culturally. And uh, we are all doing great. I'm just, I am so confident that you are weathering a lot personally, and also culturally. And we are doing great. And I am just throwing up my arms and hoping, believing, declaring, choosing, having faith for all of us that more peace is coming. Till next Wednesday.